Hello and welcome to the Show Me How To podcast, the podcast where we interview entrepreneurs, artists and more, where we dive into their lives and gain an insight into how they started to where they have shaped up to be now. Today on the show with us, we have Haya Khan, the founder of Masala Sense and Masala Bazaar. For those of you who don't know, Masala Sense is a boutique shop for your premium candles indulgence made from 100% natural soy, which are also handmade right here in New Zealand. With scents such as cutting chai and jalebi, you can be sure these scents will take you on a journey to Southeast Asia or remind you of home sweet home. Now, Haya, I've just given a brief description. Would you agree with that? Or do you have your own version of what Masala Sense means to the people? No, I think that's pretty much exactly what you've covered. It's it's exactly what it is. It's, you know, traveling in COVID through a candle, let's say. <laughs> How else well, there's no it, flights you know? to catch, so traveling through COVID, there's... There's got to be yeah, somewhere exactly. and they do say that um, scent is one of the best ways of actually getting your memory activated. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, and that really stuck with me actually from a mentalist episode. I, you know, binged that series like maybe five, six times. And when in that episode, whenever, um, you know, he spoke about scent being the closest sense linked to memory, like I just went down this massive <laughs> rabbit hole. So, yeah, it is very true. Oh, it's a great show. It is a great show. But it's Tell me, was that show. one episode, did that have any inkling into starting what you have now? Was that one of the things that really made you start getting into candles? No, it didn't. Actually, what got me into candles was um, my best friend. She got me a candle for my 21st. And before then, I never, even though I, um, you know, worked in retail and stuff, I didn't really sort of pay attention to candles, uh, mainly because I, until I got my own job. I'm a brown kid like my mother gave me my money and if I told her I was literally burning my money she'd probably have a heart attack <laughs> so <laughs> so no um, my best friend got me a candle for my 21st and I just became obsessed with it and I I hyper focus on stuff a lot so um, this was around 20 when was it 2018 yeah 2018 and mid 2018 and since then from June 2018 to the end of 2018 when Miss started my life was just candles I was working at farmers I was buying candles I was like obsessed with them and then just you know it spiraled into what it is <laughs> that is awesome though and yeah. and to be fair to build such a successful um brand you have to be hyper focused but now tell me you do did you always know you wanted to have a business did you know you did you find yourself to be an entrepreneur or was it something you became accustomed to over time I didn't see myself having a business at this scale at all. I knew I, I always wanted to be a journalist. I always wanted to be in media, advertising, something of that sort. But I also wanted to do law. And um, I came into uni and I picked up the two. But in the end, I always saw myself going into something creative. Whether that would manifest in Masala, it's definitely not something I saw coming. But it has. And I am grateful for it because at the end of the day, younger me always wanted to be doing something creative. And I am. So that's fantastic. Because a lot of people really say you need to have a creative output in life. And I suppose the fact that you actually found one alongside studying law and being involved in law, does it help actually get those itches away? Yeah, um, I struggle when I'm not being creative. I think like one, um, I, you know, I, I worked in family law for two years. I'm still in the family courts. And it, it is a high stress environment. It is a you know confidential environment. It's quite a, you see a lot of things. So like being able to step away from that and enter a whole different world where you don't have 
that stress around you, it does, it does get that itch. And it's, it, it definitely helps you like stay focused and not burn out on the serious side of work as well. It's a really, it's a tricky balance, but it's a good one. So t tell me, how do you actually come up with the scents themselves? What's, what's the secret? Do you zone out completely? <laughs> um, I'm always thinking of something in my head. <laughs> so um, one of the things uh, that has helped me realize this now that I didn't at the time is that um, I'm always, like I said, I'm always thinking of something in the back of my head, but at the time I was, you know, looking at candles and I was following this page who I still give credit to shop Kishmish and they're a US based um, brand. And they do a lot of creative, like, um, you know, South Asian inspired things, specifically Pakistani things. And because I'm from Pakistan, I'm from Karachi, these things were like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. And so I went on to buy, they only had this one candle at the time. This was three years ago. They only had the one candle gulab and I was looking at it for a year. I went to buy and it was like 18 New Zealand dollars. And I'm like, I can't do that. So I didn't intend to create a business, but I thought, hey, why not make myself a candle? And then I went on and started looking at the ingredients and I started seeing scents. And I jokingly said to my now fiance, and I was like, oh, we should make each other candles like of our favorite perfumes. And then I went down that rabbit hole. And then as I went down these rabbit holes of finding scents and like, you know, getting scents, I was like, I started realizing these really reminded me of a lot of things. And I realized if they're reminding me of things, they'll be reminding other people of things. So then one time we were sitting with my cousin and um, her mom and like all our, um, all my scents had come in and we were passing it around and their reactions just made me realize that I need to do this. Um, so that was my secret. I sort of just picked up the bottle, smelled it, was like, what does this remind me of? What, what is going to resonate with people? What, where does this take me? And that's, you know, that's how the first range came to be. That is awesome. I absolutely love that. I was telling you right, right before we actually started the recording <laughs> that I saw cutting chai as one of the candles. And for me, that's absolutely home, sweet home, anything chai really for, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, because exactly the reason I called it cutting chai is not just not just chai is because one like you know there's a lot of places out there that do chai latte candles or chai candles cutting chai is specific to me because I grew up I spent seven years of my childhood in Pakistan and in the markets when you'd go you'd always hear the people saying like you know cutting lao or like get a cutting like I grew up hearing chai and associating that with cutting <laughs> so like for me that's so special to call it that right and and you know I have had people be like what what does cutting chai mean and I'm like see the fact that I'm getting to educate you on something that's important to me that's an experience in itself <laughs> that is awesome you you've really targeted a niche community and and that is a great way of attracting an audience which knows what you are actually selling. So how's that experience been for you? How much of it has actually been getting an audience who is aware of the candles and the scents behind them? And how much of it is an educational piece? I think it was really interesting because when I started, I didn't think of that niche. I just thought, oh, I just want to do this because I think it's really cool. And I didn't really know about niches. And I've been talking about this recently when I posted on Instagram about meeting me, essentially, that I didn't really think about this when I started. But now if I was to recall it, I think it's been an interesting journey. And it's really helped me connect with a lot of people, especially like-minded people. And that's, that's really, you know, that's really rewarding. But in terms of niching down, I think what's really important is figuring out what you like, because if you like something, if you, you know, you have your specific 
mindset on something, one, you'll find it easier to sell to yourself. And two, there's probably going to be more people out there like you. And when you're able to sort of see the content that you like, then you can sort of see what you want to reproduce or what it is that you want to sell. Because like I also recently said, anyone can sell candles. That's not unique, but, you know, not everyone can sell to yourself. So I think my re experience in retail played into that as well. Like I worked in retail for close to four years and, you know, going from a high-end fashion brand to like a fast fashion brand to farmers to you know rotating between those it really helped me see like a variation of ages variation of people and when I translate that onto online it's like it, it's kind of easy to pick out people so that's why my mind wasn't really thinking about niche it was just thinking about what is it I want to sell to myself that so follow your passion I suppose is what you're saying really yeah, follow your passion yeah, yeah. It, and yeah. you know what that's that's what stops you from getting bored a lot mm. of people start mm. and um something i always say is motivation might get you started but it's the discipline that'll get you across the finish always. line and yeah. to get that discipline you have to have something you're passionate about otherwise you'll burn out oh yeah yeah for sure if you don't have discipline i jump from one thing to the other and yeah you burn out <laughs> don't do it <laughs> Now, um, a lot of your sales, I suppose, would really come through social media. So how has that social media played an aspect into developing your business? And how do you see the future of social media playing into the business um, business strategy as well? Um, social media alone has, is what's grown my business. Um, when I first started, I actually had my candles at Satya, but I was so new into it. I don't think I did too well on that. But regardless of that, um, everything that's grown about my business, every word that's spread, you know, every notice, social media has done it. And I think in terms of social media strategy, like businesses, before they, if they're going to physically be launching, they, they need to consider everything, including social media. Like you can literally start something, build it on socials, and then worry about having a proper shop or anything like that. It's got insane power. And, you know, just be authentic like customers are not stupid they know what they're looking at and you know it's very tempting to post those same canva templates it's very tempting to post the same things other people are posting but if you're building a strategy it comes back to what i keep saying is that you need to find your passion you need to find what works for you and you need to find something that's going to stand out and it's actually not as hard as some like coaches make it out to be it's it's really quite simple but it's just about using that little bit of creativity. What, from your perspective, has been the biggest obstacle or challenge that you face when developing Masala? Oh, I think the biggest obstacle is just juggling everything. I, I mean, um, I'm limited in terms of the fact that, you know, I work out of my garage. I was finishing my degree and obviously finishing my degree. I couldn't. I was at this crossroads where I wanted to go all in on Masala, but it was also sort of like, should I, should I not? Like I just got this law degree. So that was probably my biggest obstacle is not holding myself back from going all in. Um, it's on the cards one day. Is there something that helps you um, compartmentalize your time? Um, I have, oh, I'm really bad at compartmentalizing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really, really bad at it. My fiance is better. He's the co-founder, but because of lockdown, we're sort of not in the same space at the same time but um yeah so he's he's a lot better at compartmentalizing so i'd say him <laughs> he's a compartmentalizer if, if you know if i'm bleeding through the cracks or if i'm sort of 
um, you know, not balancing my time well. He's always there to sort of rein it in and, you know, um, just get me back on track. <laughs> but I'm really bad at compartmentalizing. Like I will be in the workshop till 1 a.m. and then have work at 8 a.m. today. <laughs> wow. So are you more the creative, are you the creative mind behind the business yeah. and he's more of the organizational type? Um, so he always jokes why he's called the co-founder, but the reason is because it's, it, it is our, um, Masala is our child <laughs> and, um, he does, he does everything in terms of keeping me motivated. And he, you know, I had this random idea at 2am. I first person I messaged was him and, you know, no concept, nothing, just, I'm going to do this. And he was like, let's do it. And, you know, every time I sort of start to slump, he'll always be like, no, we need to go bigger. You can do better. Like, you know, he's the one that sets those bigger goals and goals that sometimes I don't even think of that he's like, no, no, we can do better than this. Like, no, no, we can do better than this. And so definitely the force that sort of drags it up when I'm sort of pulling down. And I think that deserves more credit than just support. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hundred percent. You know, it's something that can yeah. never be overappreciated. If anything, it's always oh, underappreciated, sure. the support you get oh, from those sure. around you. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, he's like, oh, all I do is run a few errands and do a few deliveries. I'm like, no, that's like, not just a little bit, it's a lot, but it's, it's just comes back about the fact that you can't, uh, for a small business, like you can't do it all yourself, you need help. And it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, 100%. How about when you started? Um, what kind of support, support did you have around you? Did you have a whole lot of friends as well who were heavily involved in the into popularizing the brand? So I did have friends who were, you know, I first started. And so this is where my story of hating New Zealand couriers or any courier company comes <laughs> in. No hate to them. They're doing an amazing job, but I just had the most terrible experience. So when I started, I was on my own. Obviously, I had up the, my fiance to help me. And, you know, he was there to help me collect stuff and whatnot. But, you know, we were both working retail at the time, busy Christmas season. So it was limited. But um, I pretty much, it was mid-December, I started getting all my supplies Within a week or so, I told everyone that I was going to do this, um, barely planned anything, just ordered some labels. Um, and yeah, my friends were there. They helped, you know, get stuff ready. They helped um, share stuff. And the fact that they believed in me at the time when I, I didn't even see it becoming the thing it is today is I'm still really grateful for that. And then shortly after I had like my first pop up and, you know, my best friends were all there. They all came and supported and that, that support is still there today. And the fact that they did that took time out to come and like set up like, you know, because um, I did that pop up alone with one other person. And I had like a group of friends there to support me. I had, um, you know, a friend who I made through Masala who was there to help me make 350 wedding favors. Like she just showed up at my house because I was struggling. And that I was, I still so grateful for that. <laughs> Now, are your friends also your test audience? Do you have a test audience where you test yes. the sense? <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I think my test audience is, first of all, me. Second of all, my family who smell everything. And third of all, definitely my um, my friends. But I think, like, uh, I all, before I even, like, get to the point of testing, I've already weeded stuff out. Like, I'm just so critical about what I put out on the market that by the time my friends my friends get them they're already approving it because i've already been so critical oh that is great we are in the middle of a lockdown right so we're in the middle of level three lockdown has that affected your sales a whole lot mm. do you still see the same numbers that you were doing before 
so level four affects it. Um, it affects it, it. It more affects managing my time than sales. I think sales take a spike in lockdown than outside of lockdown because people are looking to buy. And I think small businesses should be monetizing that time. I mean, it's tempting not to because, you know, it, it's complicated how the government works around the wage subsidy um, and you do miss out. But the other, on the upper other hand, you actually get organic business. So I've had a lot of conversations on Masala Bazaar with, um, you know, uh, businesses about this who were like, should we, should we not? But monetize organic sales because they are going to be long-term. The wage subsidy is temporary, you know? Um, but I think the biggest thing is candles are a populated market. And whenever these lockdowns happen, we are st stuck for time. We're stuck for stock and everything's backlogged and it's just madness all around because even like, you know, my wax for this new range took two weeks to arrive when I usual circumstances, I could have just gone and picked it up 15 minutes away, but I'm waiting two weeks because of lockdown. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on that new range as well. I mean, you launched it. And then within two days, you were sold out. Now, if you don't mind me asking, how many candles are we talking here? Because it wasn't just one or two cents, was it? It was a whole range. It was five. And um, when I initially started, I had told, so a bit context of it is I'd been promoting this on our, I'd been testing out close friends on my business account. So instead of an email list, which I found that my customer market doesn't actually respond to emails, um, which I'd been testing for quite a while. And so I instead moved to a close friends list where I was sharing some really organic, really like authentic, really just me behind the scenes of this entire range. So we got to the end of it. They saw all the testing and I said, look, a week before I launch, I'll be doing pre-orders. And they actually like, I made 50 at the time because these are handmade. They take a month to set. I can only make like, you know, certain capacity at a time. Yeah, of course, yeah. And so they um because concrete's like very very tricky like we think concrete's a solid material but it's actually it's so complicated i did not expect it to be this complicated <laughs> um so you know i had a limited amount i wanted to be safe with it i didn't want to rush it and give people unsafe candles so on that saturday where i opened for pre-orders we actually almost sold out in pre-orders wow so i actually had to cut them short like within seven hours of pre-orders open I actually had to be like, I can't because you're almost sold I'm out in the launch. first seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, I have to stop this because I'm actually going to just launch with nothing. So, in that time, in that week that I had, I actually made 20 more. And so, you know, the pre orders plus the 20 more I made. So, I made like five, uh, around three or four each of the others. And then they sold out within less than 24 hours of the new range being open and i was just mind blown i didn't i mean i expect i expected it to sell out in like a week but the day off didn't see it coming <laughs> that is amazing that must be the best feeling in the world it was it really was it wasn't so good for my you know equipment to break the next day but it was good <laughs> <laughs> Now, look, I'll, um, I'll touch back onto Masala Sense in just a little bit, but I also wanted to discuss Masala Bazaar, which is the expansion of the Masala idea and a blog where um, you bring together um, the intelligence and the brilliance of young South Asian entrepreneurship. So can you please explain to us what Masala Bazaar is and what it means to you? 
So Masala Bazaar was born because um, last year around this time, I was privileged enough to be connecting with a lot of small businesses running on Instagram. And it was, you know, coinciding with um, my mom, you know, our family starting to plan the wedding and being like, oh, we don't know where to find this or we don't know where to find that. And I was like, well, there's this person or there's this person. And, you know, people would constantly be like, oh, my God, like, hi, like, you know, all these people. And I just realized I'm actually sitting like we're all our community is sitting on like a pot of gold of all these talents, all these products, all this knowledge, yet like there's no one place to find them. You just either get into that community or you're not in it at all. And you can't, you don't just magically find it one day. You actually have to be running a business to get into it. And that's doing ourselves a disadvantage because then we're just marketing to the same people over and over. So to start with, um, I really wanted to do a pop-up again, but you know, we were around COVID time. We didn't know what was happening. And I also wanted to keep it limited. Like I didn't want to overcrowd the place and, you yeah. know, confuse people and also wanted to keep it really affordable. Sure. So um, I set up the first market. It was in November. We had about, I think we had about 15 vendors and, you know, I kept it really limited, social distancing, all of that stuff. And people were sort of a bit confused at that, but safety over everything. Um and the point of it was to actually bring everything under one roof and actually give a lot of Instagram businesses the confidence to actually move to a physical platform for themselves and actually take themselves a lot more seriously as well and actually connect. And um, straight after that, I, I went into profs, so I couldn't actually grow it at the speed I was growing it. But that's, that's the purpose behind it is actually just to expand the reach of businesses that are starting out that have some really cool talents to showcase that, you know, need a bit of a helping hand and really just want to grow. Amazing. Amazing. So your website also has something that's currently in the works where consumers can actually purchase off the website itself. Am I correct in saying that? And what's the timeline for that? Yes. Um, so that is an idea that is there. It's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but I hope to have it at least next year. We're, we, I don't think it'll be any time before next year. No, it's it's quite tough, right? Actually connecting with everyone yeah, over yeah. lockdown as well. And it's it's time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I did start um, because of lockdown. It gave me the opportunity to, you know, start doing little snippets and sort of leading into a podcast from Masala Bazaar as time went on. And I was able to do that first vlog with Jasmita about it. But then the you know concrete candles just took over and <laughs> everything went down the drain but i have some recordings and you know people can expect to hear them in the next month or so and um hopefully you know we can we i can start being a bit more consistent with that brilliant so so how do entrepreneurs who who wish to be part of masala bazaar and the masala bazaar community how can they reach out to you and connect with you on the platform you know what just follow the page give us a message have a chat um and we'll see what we can schedule I'm, you know, with, with Masala Bazaar, I'm more about actually bringing different perspectives in and actually talking about what maybe the community isn't talking about. And, you know, just, um, just bringing confidence in, to be honest, like that's something I found I struggled with when I started. And I think that's one thing I, I can help people with is sort of just reminding yourself you are doing something and it can grow, even if it's not growing right now, like if you have that support, it can. I love it. It's um everyone's going to have sort of second second thoughts and doubts, but the key is to push through those doubts yeah. and then yeah. you can prove to the world that it does work and it can work. It can, yeah. Brilliant. Hey, um now before we finish off, I just want to touch on masala scents again. Um for the listeners, what's what's your personal favorite scent? 
<laughs> mine is Gazelle. It's nearly always sold out, but it's um, inspired by Chanel Mademoiselle. And that was one of the first scents I was looking out to um, make. And it, it's just, it's, it's an amazing scent. It's definitely my favorite. I've got a diffuser for a whole year now and oh, it's beautiful. Well, there we go, listeners. There's one um, if you are looking to purchase a candle and if you would like Haya's favorite, Guzzle is the way to go. From your, um, from your perspective, again, when you actually look at these candles, do you actually uh, paint a picture in your head? And the reason I say that, I think of Guzzle and the first thing that comes to my mind is music sitting around in a circle and everyone's, or oh, there's one person singing and everyone's nodding their head along. Same with the cutting chai. I've got a glass of chai in my hand. Do you paint a picture in your head? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I operate. Like I have really hard time communicating ideas because I think in pictures. <laughs> so until I've done the final thing, but no, that's exactly it. That's exactly um, the idea behind the range and all my candles as well as actually painting that picture, which is why this new range was so awesome because it was completely made by me and completely true to me that I'm actually able to paint that picture of what's in my head. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, Haya, could you please let the listeners know where they can actually find your products and how they can purchase it? Um, you can find our products on masalasense.com. You can find us on Instagram, same handle and Facebook, but yep, just hop onto the website. Whatever's there is there. We are facing delays right now. We've got a sold out range I'm processing by myself. So um, bear with us, but yeah. That that's where you can shop. And something I always ask everyone who has a guest is, is there a quote saying or a story that keeps you going, that keeps you motivated in those times when you are struggling to get through to the next stage? To be honest, I think it's the fact that everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Everything, you know, one door closes, another one opens or, you know, um, just yeah everything happens for a reason if something's going wrong it's probably uh, you know time to hit the drawing board again it's probably time to do something better and yeah that that everything happens for a reason <laughs> everything happens for a reason now Haya, i would like to thank you so much for coming on to the show me how to podcast no worries and listeners if you didn't hear it earlier, you can buy Masala Sense candles on masalasense.com, Facebook and Instagram. All of the links will be posted below. And as a little something, a little extra, Masala Sense has offered 15% off for anyone who uses the discount code SHOWMEHOWTO. Now, from me, if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to dive with me into the world of entrepreneurs, artists, and more, give this podcast a follow, give it a like, and hit the bell icon to be notified. You can also follow me on all of my socials, which will also be posted below. This is the Show Me How To Podcast. <laughs>